It's a new year and a fresh start, hopefully. Tonight, we're checking in with Letterkenny star K. Trevor Wilson, Vancouver comic Andrea Jin, and later on, our old pal Psychic Nikki is joining us so we can find out what the heck 2021 has in store. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Helping you see those COVID numbers skyrocket more clearly. I'll probably get in trouble for that, but whatever. It is a brand new year of comedy. Who knows what 2021 has in store? I, of course, have our producer, Vince Tedesco, on the line. Happy New Year, buddy. How are you doing? Hey, what's up? happy new year dean happy new year happy new year everyone uh yeah just you know it's been a long time coming well it is interesting uh because so first off in the show tonight i'm excited about this we have our old friend k trevor wilson who hasn't joined us since over a year ago and actually interestingly enough last time k trev was on the air with us we had not Psychic Nikki, but a different, let's say, clairvoyant in the studio with us. We were trying to channel dead comedians. Uh, yeah, she was a medium. She was a medium. And so I, I kind of want to pick K Trev's brain on what he thinks about all that stuff. And, of course, as somebody who's been in this business for a very long time and done a little bit of everything, what he thinks 2021 is going to look like for the festivals, for the clubs, for all this stuff. Uh, later on, we've got Andrea Jin, who has a, her debut album, Grandma's Girl, coming out through our friends over at 604 Records out on the West Coast. And last but not least, Psychic Nikki, who, Vince, I don't want to put her in the hot seat too much tonight. But I do think she owes us a little bit of an explanation because last year we had her on for our New Year's show and she was saying to our panel of comics, 2020 is going to be such a productive, prosperous, happy year for everybody. We kind of missed the boat on that one, Vince, I have to say. Overshot by a mile. Yeah. Overshot Uh by a mile. Slight pandemic happened right after that. Uh, wildfires all over the continent, protests. But hey, you know what, Vince? Everybody has a tough day at the office, don't they? Yeah, when it's a bad day, or in this case, a bad year. Uh, we're kicking off things right in the new year with an old friend of the show who hasn't joined us in quite some time. Definitely a different comedy world back then. We have the one and only K. Trevor Wilson on the line with us. How are you doing, buddy? Not bad, bud. How are you doing? We're good. So before we before we get into it, and of course you do have mo- a lot of our listeners, of course, know you as Squirrely Dan from Letterkenny, which there's a new season streaming now on Crave. But I have to say, last time we had you in studio was probably about a year and a half ago, way before all this stuff hit the fan. Comedy was normal back then, whatever that, whatever that is. But for you... Checking in with you, I mean, yes, you have this new season out. Obviously, the comedy business has been a bit of a question mark this whole time. And not to say that anybody has had a good pandemic, because there's really no such thing. But for you, I mean, by all accounts, not too bad considering you've got a new season of a hit show. You're engaged now. Things are things are looking kind of K-Trev as far as you can be right now. Well, you know, we'll, we'll take the good with the bad. Uh, you know, I, I we did have a season come out, which luckily we had that one. Uh, uh, we filmed that last November, so we had that one sitting there waiting. 
unfortunately, we, we were supposed to be back at work in August, but insurance problems prevented that. But we're scheduled to go back to work in May, barring any unforeseen circumstances. But uh, I've managed to keep my head up. But uh, this did go from being my busiest year ever to uh, nothing. So, <laughs> well, and I definitely that's some stuff I wanted to pick your brain on because I mean, you know, you're somebody who's you've been at this for a long time now. I mean, I always you said to us one time on the show that you are a 20 year long overnight success story, basically. I mean, you know, you're a you're a club guy, you're a festival guy. You've been you've been at this a long time, well before the success of Letterkenny, of course. So before we jump into all that, what's a little bit what, what's a little taste of sort of what Squirrely Dan and the Letterkenny gang are up to this season? What's going on there? Well, in the season that's out right now, it uh, picks up uh, where it left off. Uh, we'd just driven to the States to uh, beat the tar out of Katie's cheating boyfriend and uh, <laughs> uh, picks up immediately after that where we're all sitting in a diner. And uh, uh, the the main themes of the, if there's overlaying themes for the uh, season, the, the hockey boys join uh, the coaches beer league team. Katie takes a scorched earth approach to dating uh and um what else is happening well, there's a there's a, a fun sleepover episode uh the the skids get back into djing uh the natives launch their own energy drink there's a lot of a lot of fun little silly things going on and uh through it all we sit around and have ridiculous conversations and i mean for you you know, for somebody who's been at this for so long, I mean, we've talked to everybody in the comedy world this past year, and everybody has a different take on this. Everybody from, you know, Mark Breslin running a chain of comedy clubs to Jim Gaffigan, who even he got bored enough to do Zoom shows one one time. I mean, I'm sure you, as a comic in this country, you've seen your fair share of ups and downs. It's been a long road to get where you're at now. But, I mean, nobody has ever seen a year quite like this. Everything got completely turned on its head. For you, I mean, how much did you dip your toes into all of these sort of weird formats that popped up and all this? And uh, do you see 2021 coming back around again? Do you see things being a lot different? Um, I mean, stand-up hasn't really stopped. There's anywhere that people can get shows in, they have been getting shows in. You know, I've I've seen a lot of guys, uh, I mean, during the solid lockdown this past month, it's been quiet, but I mean, I've seen guys traveling all over to try to get their work in. So there is stand-up out there. Uh, I'm personally not a big fan of the Zoom shows and not knocking anyone who does them. But uh, that's just – stand-up to me has an audience. And and without it, what I'm doing isn't stand-up. And it's cool if you're going to do a Zoom show. I'm just – you know, if I'm going to do a Zoom show, I'm not going to do stand-up on it because – it's just not the same. It, it it doesn't it doesn't feel right, uh, if that makes sense. And uh, the, I, you know, I, I, I'll do a I'd rather do a character piece or work on something I haven't done before than try to take something that is definitely meant to be in front of a live audience and do it somewhere else. So I haven't really done any stand up from Zoom, but I've done some emceeing and hosting. Um, way, way back in the summer, I, I, uh, Nate Dales and I virtually hosted a, uh, a show for, uh, the Canadian military for the, um, uh, an appreciation day for the servicemen and their families. And, uh, that was fun for us because it was mostly just us, uh, introducing, uh, musical acts. 
So uh, nice and easy, easy lifting, a way to keep our faces out there, but also uh, uh, don't have to try to, to do something that we don't want to do. Uh, and that was a good time. I've been doing a lot of cameos. Cameo has been keeping yeah. the lights on during uh, the pandemic. Not going to lie, I started doing that in uh, in June. Uh, a couple of the guys from the show have been on there for a while and uh, pushing it. And, and uh, frankly, it didn't seem like my cup of tea. But when we didn't have any other source of income, it was like, well, let's give this thing a try. And it's actually been quite a, a handy, uh, ridiculous thing. So the thing that people pay you to, to talk about, a guy paid me $100 just to tell him uh, what was going on with the next season of Letterkenny. And at the time, I had no idea. So he paid $100 <laughs> just to have me go, sorry, bud, uh, th- those answers are way outside my pay grade. They don't ask me. They don't tell me. They just do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it is, it is a good point. I mean, uh, you know, I, I agree. I think a lot of comics have just sort of, people are trying to figure out their way around this and, and it's sort of an adapt or die thing. And I mean, yes, there's a lot of comics flocking over to these streaming platforms. It's certainly not for everybody. It's a, it's a totally different animal. Cause you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, that is what the thing is. It's there in a room in front of a crowd. It's intimate. It's organic. It's in that moment. Every single night on stage is completely different regardless of what you're doing. It's all about that live one time moment, but Comedians are, of course, no strangers to having to spin multiple plates. I mean, you, you're an actor, you're releasing albums, you're doing all the things that comics have to do. And I mean, we've talked to a lot of people, like Christina Walkinshaw was another one who said, yeah, I mean, I can't, and she's in New York, which of course got especially hit hard. But, you know, you can't be on club stages right now. All of that's shut down. So now's a good time to go after those writing gigs and do all the stuff that normally maybe would have been on the back burner for you. In Christina's case, belch on OnlyFans. There you go. <laughs> we all can't do that. That's for sure. But yeah, why not? Where You have to go where the work is for sure. And I mean, we'll come back from break with this too. But for you, I mean, I'm sure obviously everybody's calendar completely changed this year and so many of the gigs got wiped out and it was sort of a figure out what to do with all that. For you, just as somebody who's normally such a big part of the festival, how much of of just in general as a person and as not just a working comic, but a fan of comedy, how much of a bummer was it just for there to be no Montreal this year? Uh, like not having the, the actual just for laughs fest. Uh, I mean, that was like the, the first time in over 30 years, there hasn't been a just for laughs. So that was a, uh, a you know, it, I, that was one of the ones I missed. I mean, I've been there. I've been lucky enough to be at just for laughs every year since, uh, 2012. So uh, it was it, it was sad to miss it, but at least I missed it because everyone missed it, and not because exactly. they didn't invite me. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely missed the festivals. I mean, I, we were in the middle of the Letterkenny live tour uh, when the pandemic really hit, and we like we were we had just crossed over into the states, and uh, we did we got one show under our belt, and then we were in Buffalo and. I was literally on my way to catch the bus to the gig and uh, got a phone call from Kiso saying, uh, we're packing it up and heading back to Canada. So go back to your room and pack your bags. And, and that there was you it. Go. You know, we, we were supposed to be on the road for two months. We were on the road for two weeks. And then uh, my fiance, who was wondering what she was going to do while I was gone for two months, suddenly had me home on the couch doing nothing. <laughs> there you go. There's always a silver lining, K Trev. We're going to find out more about this season of Letter Kenny and what 
what we think is going to happen in comedy this year in 2021. We'll be back with more K. Trevor Wilson right here on Inside Jokes. Hey, this is Carmen Lynch, and you're listening to Inside Jokes. Wear a Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Even if you're sitting in the back row, it's probably fine. And like we said, that slogan is going to finally make sense one day again. Hopefully this year, we have Kay Trevor Wilson on the line, who many of you listening at home will know best as Squirrely Dan from Letterkenny, and also just one of our favorite Canadian comics. And before the break, Kay Trevor, we were talking about, of course, bit of a heartbreaker for everybody that there's no just for laughs this past summer that's always you know that's sort of summer camp for comedians that's like the big calendar event for everybody not just for comics like you who are you know i mean you're a regular fixture there performing but it's a chance to just go and rub shoulders with everybody and just it's just go meet up with everybody so it's like you said it's it's it would be it would be lousier i guess if you were missing out on it but the fact that the entire industry was missing out on it you know, you don't have that sense of being like the kid at a pool party with a cast on your arm, watching everybody else jump into the pool. It just, it just didn't happen this year. That's all. But for you, I mean, JFL is a perfect example. They sort of adapted as best they could. They did the whole thing digitally where you could opt into different rooms and watch all that for you as somebody who's been at this for as long as you have, do you think there's going to be some element of that that sticks around after all this? Do you think festivals are going to go back to what they used to be, or it's going to be sort of like this hybrid thing now? Um, I, I think once we can get back to live performance, that's going to be what they do. I mean, uh, the, the, the streaming thing, it's, it's okay for now, but, uh, I know that most of their, a lot of their money comes from, uh, the, the productions that take place there and, and the, the, the TV stations aren't going to want to give it away for free when they don't have to. So I, <laughs> I definitely, yeah, I definitely think once it's able to go back to some form of of normal, it'll it'll go back to the the way that we've seen it. I mean, whether or not they keep some aspect of it, you know, uh, I, I could see them maybe, you know, like digitally letting people come into some of the talks and seminars that they might do. But but the the shows, uh, I, I, the the companies that produce those shows pay way too much money. To, to give those away for free when they don't have to. <laughs> so uh, I, I see the galas going back to normal. I see the specials going back to normal uh, once once they're able to. <laughs> I think so, too. I mean, everybody's just going to be waiting for all of this to sort of lift. And, I mean, we'll get there. We don't exactly know when. Uh, and the industry's been doing a good job or as best we can of just sort of rolling with the punches here. But eventually that'll lift and we'll come back around again. Uh, it's interesting though, a year and a half ago, the big stink going on in Canadian comedy was the whole fight to keep residuals for comics, getting their tracks played on the air and, and, and album downloads and all that stuff. And thankfully that came through and all that turned around. I mean, it was one of the only times I've certainly ever seen where the entire industry sort of banded together as a community and fought for this stuff. How much, and I mean, for you, especially being one of the, 
one of the original members of Comedy Records, which was the first label in Canada to do this stuff and to release albums. How much of a lifeline has that been for comics during all this? Uh, I mean, during that whole thing, I, I really learned how much uh, my peers were leaning on those those royalties and uh, just how lucrative it uh, it had been. Um, sort of being on a TV show, I, I sort of, uh, uh, I mean, Letterkenny is, has provided me with the, the bulk of my income for the past few years. So I, I was sort of... Uh, uh, living in a comedy dream world of, of financial stability when all that happened. So I was a bit surprised uh, by the initial reaction, but also that it ended up winning, uh, that they ended up getting uh, what they wanted. And, uh, you know, it led to the start of uh, Serb and a lot of other uh, potentially positive things for Canadian comedy. But uh, uh, for me, it was a real education on to just how much money people were generating from their uh from sound exchange and from royalties and, and pays all. I'll, I'll be honest. I was putting all that in an American account. To, uh, <laughs> that was, that was the going back to Disney fund. So uh, it has definitely been, been a help. And like you, you really appreciate all your other money-making avenues when you lose your main, uh, your main source of income. And uh, the royalties have been great. Uh, I launched a t-shirt store this year. Uh, all these little things that you can do, all the side hustles, they became uh, uh, their importance has become way more clear in the past in the past year to bit, not just through pandemic, but through everything else. But uh, I, you know, on the, the the topic of the royalties, and uh, I, I encourage my fellow Canadian comedians, without saying too much, pay really close attention to the contracts you're being offered during this pandemic because the unfortunate truth is a lot of people are taking advantage of comedians in, in this time where, where there is a lot of desperation. And I've, I've turned down some work uh, because the deals have just been very lopsided. And, and I'm a guy, you know, in this country who is doing all right for himself and, and can ask for certain things. And I know if they're trying to screw me over, I can only imagine uh, what people are trying to do to, uh, to other to people a little bit lower down on the totem pole. So to all of my fellow Canadian comics, pay very close attention to everything you're signing these days because there are snakes in the grass. It is totally true. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's, Canadian comedy can be such a fickle thing to begin with because, you know, for, for a country that arguably comedy is, is our gross domestic export. I mean, that's, that's what we do. That's, that's a cultural linchpin for us. And it's always been such a struggle in Canada to even, to even get recognized for that and to get the money for that. And, and, and I think you're absolutely right at a time like right now, there's, there's a lot of people know that comics will just kind of do whatever they have to do just to sort of, through this whole period right now uh, and, and get that work at a time when it's, it's always feast or famine, but especially right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, the industry in Canada has a really bad track record of taking advantage of uh, comedians and stand-ups especially. Uh, we produce content uh, that is cheap to produce, and they like to cut us out and pocket all the money. And you know, I've always been someone who believed that we can all make money if we just want to work together, but uh, the industry just seems to like to bleed us dry and leave us with nothing. 
and uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a good sad state of affairs, and I don't mean to be depressing, but uh, it is, it is, you know, it, it is very important that we have organizations looking out for us, and it's ridiculous that we're still not uh, considered artists and uh, do not have all the same opportunities afforded other artists in this country. And this pandemic has really pointed out how uh, how much comedians who this country loves to take credit for and loves to uh, claim when we do well, uh, we're really getting the, uh, the short end of the stick. It is we true. And I mean, uh, I think last year, again, that whole example of getting getting these royalty payments and keeping that and, and just watching Canadian comics just have these town halls and band together and fight for that. And when it was a bit of a David versus Goliath thing was inspiring. Cause I mean, there's, you know, comedy is a competitive thing and especially in Canada where everybody's going after this limited pool of the same sort of handful of festivals and, and golden gigs and all that stuff. It was this moment where everybody sort of put their egos aside and put their own careers aside for a minute to do this thing together. And I mean, Thankfully, it came through because now more than ever, it counts during all this. Uh, but again, hopefully, k in 2021 will come out of the fog of all this because, I mean, it has been an entire season of this show where it's just been, how are you surviving? That's actually what we should call inside jokes this season. <laughs> hopefully, it'll come back around. But, k Trevor, we are glad to hear that, as usual, you're sort of rolling with it and just you keep on trucking and you always find out ways to work around this stuff. It's not an ideal situation for anybody. And, of course, New season of Ladder Kenny, so everybody can stream that right now on Crave. And where can everybody find your stuff? Uh, well, I mean, you know, I'm all over uh, Crave. You can find me there. I got my uh, comedy specials also on there, uh, bigger in person. Uh, I got you can head over to ktrevorwilson.com and check out all the things I'm not doing. Uh, maybe buy a T-shirt <laughs> or a record. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm the only K Trevor Wilson on the internet. So you can find me on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, digitally, I'm easy to find. Uh, <laughs> there we go. And we can't wait to a time, to a time when we can actually get you back in studio again and see you back up on stage doing what you do. K Trevor Wilson. Thank you so much, buddy. Stay safe. Keep working. We hope things come back around soon, but in the meantime, of course, everybody listening at home, Check out the new season of Ladder Kenny. You can't stop K. Trevor Wilson. Thanks so much, buddy. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having me. We'll talk to you soon. My name is Nick Smorelio. I'm doing a Sebastian Maniscalco. And uh, you're listening to Inside Jokes, Toronto Global, 640. Down on the West Coast, they got a saying, if you're not drinking, then you're not playing. But you got the music, you got the music, and you, don't you? Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. And of course, thank you again to Kate Trevor Wilson. Don't forget to check out the new season of Letterkenny, streaming now on Crave. But now we're going to jump over to the West Coast. We have comedian Andrea Jin on the line with us from out in Vancouver with her brand new album, Grandma's Girl. How are you doing, Andrea? I'm good. How are you doing? We're good. So it's interesting. I mean, obviously, this entire past year, we've been talking to comics all over Canada, all over the U.S., 
all over the map, really, just what people have been working on during COVID and what the comedy business looks like, where they are. And we've had a lot of comics from out the West Coast who have, of course, you know, released a lot of albums this year through Comedy Here Often and through 604 Records. For you, I mean, it's always been interesting here in Toronto watching what our scene looks like during all this because we've been shut down so much of the time. But out West, out in BC and Alberta, up until recently, you guys kind of had a regular thing going on. There were clubs still, and there were road gigs, and there was work out there, whereas we were on pretty much on pause. What's it looking like out there in Vancouver right now? Well, now I think we caught up to Toronto. Uh, (laughs) You know, everything is shut down now. I think it's, uh, yeah, getting... It, yeah, we're we're done. <laughs> for, <You're> done. <laughs> for now, for now, I know it's so funny. I mean, we just hung up with with K Treb from Ladder Kenny, and it doesn't matter who we talk to right now. It's impossible to not swing into like gloom and doom because everybody's <laughs> like, "Well, yeah, I did an album, I did this special, but all my gigs disappeared for an entire year." I mean. It is what it is, and everybody's sort of rolling with it. Uh, I mean, we were talking about comedy records earlier, but of course, out on the West Coast, comedy here often in 604 Records has been, the past few years alone, even before COVID, pumping out a seemingly endless stream of Canadian comedy albums, which, I mean, is such a lifeline right now during all this. So for you, I mean, normally when live shows are happening, you're no stranger to the to clubs out there you're no stranger to festivals i mean you've been on jfl and jfl northwest and all that but grandma's girl is your debut album yeah for sure i uh it was really exciting last year uh it was recorded i recorded right before the um cutoff of the ending <laughs> so it was cool um <laughs> to do that uh it was a really fun show and uh, I was preparing so hard every night, just every night going uh, for months and months, just practicing, honing my material, getting it ready for the show in January. And then, um, yeah, it's weird to look back and think like I was working so hard and just like now there's nothing and I haven't done stand up in like <laughs> months. So what a contrast. <laughs> and I mean, you, your album is interesting because you do have a unique approach. I mean, you are sort of this self-described stream of consciousness storyteller. And a lot of comics will go into a club. And of course, you recorded this at your Yuck Yucks out there. That's sort of your home club, I guess, where you did where you laid this album down. But a lot of comics will go into a packed room back when those were still a thing. We all remember those good old days. But we'll go into a packed room and... They might have this set list sort of chiseled into the back of their mind, but then they might just speed off the energy of the room for 20 minutes and just riff on the crowd and they'll do a whole album or a whole festival set of crowd work. For you, you are this sort of longer form. You weave this whole narrative and it always builds up to this sort of like hard hitting punch. For you, what's sort of, what's the process of honing all that? I mean, do you, how how much of your time is spent, especially right now, I guess, versus coming up with this stuff on the spot, live on stage in the moment? I think when I was doing stand-up every night, I was definitely trying out stuff more. I would just go on stage with no nothing, and then I'll just uh, kind of feel out the room. I'll have one idea, like just a couple words that I said to someone that day that made someone laugh, and then I'll be like, okay, maybe this is a joke, and then I'll talk about it, and then uh, it develops into a joke, but 
once in a while I'll like sit down and write and usually that is better because then you actually put more thought into it and it, it it's like a full it, there's a point but yeah, I find yeah. that whenever I go on stage and I just like talk about um it, what comes to me sometimes really good stuff comes but a lot of times it's like oh what what's the point of this <laughs> <You know? laughs> so what's sort of the payoff that you well and yeah. I always loved I always loved those longer form sort of storyteller comics where and there was a lot here in Toronto our, our scene had a ton of those rooms of these storytelling shows that weren't even necessarily skewed towards stand-ups but stand-ups would book themselves on those because to me I've always been so impressed by comics who can hold a room by making them pay attention and following them along on this sort of trail that builds up the way that the way that you do. I mean, there's a lot of comics that can jump into a room and grab the crowd by the throat and just do bang, 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 rapid fire one-liners and punchlines. But for you to be able to hold a crowd at attention like that and and have them follow you along while you build up this thing slowly to this big payoff, that's that's its own sort of art. That's its own sort of skill set for sure. Thank you. Yeah, I think. I think I love the like one liner style. I love comics that do that, but um I and I have jokes like that personally and some are sprinkled into the album for sure, but I find that I have a lot more fun when I'm telling like a a full story with characters and you know, um people get into it too, right? Like they have they have feelings whether it's not a even when it's not a joke, even yeah. when it's like not um, you know, not a punchline. They'll still be engaged. They'll still be, um, you know, just involved with the story. Exactly, and I think that's I. I personally, as a fan of comedy, I've always loved that so much. Watching a comic that can, especially if you get off, like somebody just got off stage right before you, who's just this high voltage riff comic that just rips into the crowd, and then you have this longer form sort of storyteller comic that gets on afterwards and completely resets the room and makes this loud, boisterous room hang on their every word. I mean, I, that to me is some of my favorite stuff to watch. Uh, Andrea, Jen, before we let you go, first off, of course, where can people stream and download grandma's girl, which is, which is out through six or four records. Yeah. So it will be available anywhere that you uh, get your, you know, music or, uh, anywhere you listen, so Apple, um, uh, Spotify, and <laughs> yeah, basically I was like blanking on the, but basically everywhere. So I can, All right. yeah, perfect. And of course, everybody listening at home, you can check out Andrea's new album, Grandma's Girl. And where can people find you online? Yeah, so I'm on. Uh, I have a website, uh, andreajin.com, and I also am on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So just my name, Andrea Jen. Perfect. Thank you so much, Andrea. Hopefully all this stuff comes to pass soon and we can see you actually come here to Toronto and perform live. But of course, in the meantime, everybody listening at home, check out Grandma's Girl and also just all the stuff that comedy here often in 604 Records has been pumping out these last couple of years and especially this year during a time when we're all just stuck at home listening to comedy albums. Andrea, thank you so much. Great. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye.
Hey, this is Roddy Colmer. And Jay Brody. And you are listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And of course, thanks again to Andrea Jin out in Vancouver. Don't forget to check out her new album, Grandma's Girl, available through comedy here often. Now we're checking in with an old friend of the show who actually joined us at New Year's last year, before 2020 kicked off, and a couple of slight bad things happened throughout the course of the a bit of a global pandemic. Nikki, right? You were on the you were on the on the panel with us last year. We had a couple of comics in studio with you, and you said, you know what, it's it's gonna be a good year of touring and all this stuff for you. I feel like a lot of stuff happened last year that that nobody, even you, could have predicted. But did you have some feeling of well, I did negativity? The pandemic. I predicted the pandemic in 2012. In 2012. I, yeah, 2012, and number 47, and it said a great worldwide pandemic. Yeah. So I, it and, was a while ago, but I predicted it. <laughs> so what what kind of? And I'm sure people have been flogging this horse to death every time they talk to you, but what sort of feeling do you get about 2021? Obviously all of our guests and all of our listeners are all in the comedy world for the most part. So people just want to know, when can I go back on stage again? But for you in general, what sort of vibe do you get about this year? Do you see this sort of black cloud lifting for us or what? You, you know what? It's a slow transition. It's a transitionary year. So don't expect too much in the beginning. You know, I don't want to be pessimistic, right? Um, it's going to be good, actually, probably around the fall into this time next year, we'll be fine. Won't have to wear a mask or anything. Yeah. So it's just, you have to be patient a little more because of the vaccine helping and everything like that. So, um, yeah, so it's a transitionary year, you know, you're still going to have to stay home for a while. Um, everything will be virtual for a while, but eventually, like this time next year, things will go back to normal. 2022, 2023 is great, great times ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I think there was, Nick, Nikki, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there. There was sort of this almost silly feeling that a lot of people had that like, well, it's just the bad luck of 2020. It's the year itself. As soon as midnight happens on New Year's Eve, this is all going to change. Well, no, we're still in the middle of what we're stuck in here. I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, and it wasn't just a pandemic. There was a lot of things. It was you had Trump who is on his way out, but you had wildfires all over the place and the climate and and protests everywhere. I mean, it was all I predicted all that. I predicted President Trump would not get reelected. Yes, thank that God was for that. I remember that. Yeah, and yeah. a James Bond actor would pass, which was Sean Connery, and oh. a new species of snail would be found. They found a new species of snail. That's a really weird one. Wait, and I, I saw that. So that was that was you. That was in your purview as well. Uh, exactly. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I I predicted. Um, you know, protests and riots all over the world and, you know, bad weather. Arnold Schwarzenegger having health issues. Explosions. What do you for, that, um, yeah. for celebrity comics, Nikki? Any com- any famous comedians come to mind? Or Yeah, you know, Jerry Seinfeld. Ooh, you know, that's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's washed up yet, right? <laughs> he's, really. a, he's, he's a billionaire. Yeah, he's you know, I think, I think he's a little intuitive. 
Right. And I think that I see like a new sitcom, which he's going to produce, of course, and he probably will act in and maybe have some of the people from the original Seinfeld show in it. But anyway, he's going to play a sports writer or a sports um, agent, and he's one that's intuitive. So he's a psychic sports agent. Interesting idea, isn't it? Now they're going to steal my idea in Hollywood. <laughs> if you're listening, I'll yeah. be a producer on the show. <laughs> we'll reach out to him. We'll reach out to him. We'll reach out. I like that. It's going to be a hit. I see it. Well, I you think, know? Nikki, too, I mean, last year when you were in studio with us, Obviously, yeah. we had a panel full of comics, and they all just wanted to know, am I getting just for laughs this year? They, you know, comics always just want to know what the next sure. what the next gig well, is. Right now, it's a bit of a downer for the industry, as you know, because of the pandemic. <laughs> a big <laughs> yes, downer, a big downer. That's but, a big, good way to phrase it. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, eventually, like, it's not great for the comedy clubs or anything like that right now, because everything's virtual. But, you know, it's going to be a slow process, but I think eventually there's going to be, you know, you're going to go back into the comedy clubs, but it's going to be a little bit of a different thing when you go back. You know what I mean? So there, maybe the capacity won't be as many. It'll be a bit different. A bit. Different. I think so, too. And I think, Nikki, yeah. would you say, I mean, yes, a lot of bad things did happen concurrently this past year, but I think... Maybe as society, it somehow there's some positives to take away. Like it taught us to slow down and appreciate certain things more. Like maybe we're doing too much too fast and it all sort of caught up with us in some way. Exactly. Because I had happy predictions for 2021 and the happy predictions were people are going to clean up the planet. We're going to have a healthier population and they're going to clean up the oceans. So all of this is all positive coming up. You know what I mean? So, I mean, the comedians that are there now, like Chris Rock, I think Mm -hmm. he's going to I think he's going to actually do something with Tyler Perry. And he's an Aquarian. It's the age of Aquarius. So he's got a good sign. And Jerry Seinfeld is a Taurus, which is good right now. He's got Uranus in his sign. He could become really, really ultra famous again. This underlying theme of it's sort of like a bit of a cliche, but it's sort of, you know, burning the forest for new growth. At the end of this, there's going to be some new stuff. There's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel, which I mean, that's why I always love hearing from you at the start of a new year, because whatever we're stuck in now, people have trouble seeing beyond that sometimes. (laughs) Nikki, thank you so much. We always love talking to you and I'm getting a glimpse of of again, because it's hard to sometimes see beyond what we're in in the moment, getting a glimpse of things to come, you know? Uh, So everybody, I think the takeaway is everybody just has to buckle up and hang in there. This too shall pass. Nikki, thank you so much. We hope to talk to you soon. And most importantly, stay safe. Yes, and and have a happy 2021 better than 2020, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. Very exactly. easy to do. Exactly. <laughs> right. Thank you so much. so much, Nikki. We'll talk have to you fun, soon. guys. Have fun. <laughs> that is it. That is the start of comedy in 2021. Thanks again to K. Trevor Wilson with the new season of Letterkenny out now on Crave. Andrea Jin, whose new album, Grandma's Girl, is available through Comedy Here Often. And, of course, our dear friend, Psychic Nikki, who... Thankfully, had some good stuff to say about this year. That's our show. Don't forget, you can listen to all the seasons right back to the very beginning on Global News Online. We'll be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy RX. This week featuring Andrea Jin. I have a friend who is 26, and he is a virgin, and that's okay. I tell him that all the time. I'm like, hey, it's fine. Stop yelling so much. (laughs) You don't have to yell.
I feel bad for him because I'm his friend. I want him to feel good about himself. I want him to feel happy. And so we made a pact where if by the time we both turn 40 and he's still a virgin, I will be the one to finally kill him. <laughs> And I can't wait to do it, yeah. Because it will be my first, too. 